Well, hey, everybody. Um, I just thought I would uh, throw together a quick podcast slash video. Um, all my podcasts lately have been ripped from my videos because I just don't have the time or the equipment to really sit down and do a podcast. But every once in a while, I get time to, to do a video and uh, turn that into a podcast. I have been working on redesigning uh, the website, prepperguy.com. If you haven't been there, the fuck's wrong with you? God. But uh, putting on more stuff that's more pepper-related, even though a lot of it's business and economics, because politics and news, things like that, are some of the things we should be watching out for that might be considered the writing on the wall if the shit's going to hit the fan. So it helps you, you know, kind of keep an eye on things. I have a hard time, you know, watching too much news. And there's a lot of good news out there. But uh, I, I I tend to watch uh, Tucker Carlson a lot, even though he's always saying democracy, democracy, democracy. Everything is democracy. What the fuck is it with that guy? You know, he is one of the smartest people in the room. And, and I don't know if it's just something that's, you know, semantics and, you know, he and most others use the word democracy just because it feels more comfortable to us as Americans, or if it's just been so bastardized <clears throat> that it, it can mean whatever you want it to mean, um, I guess. I, I'm not sure, but uh, it, it seems like he uses it a lot. But uh, his 4th of July episode he did on the show was really just kind of put together, you know, because obviously he took the day off, um, with some of his opening statements in uh, 2019. And he, and he talked a lot about the, the problems with the two-party system and how, you know, how they, you know, the Republicans, they, you know, look at the economy and free market and stuff like that as almost like a godlike figure to them. <clears throat> you don't mess with the economy. You don't piss off the libertarians on the planet and you walk a fine line, whereas the Democrats are just like, screw it, let's just become socialist. So anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to chop this video of his up a little bit <clears throat> because some of the things he said really triggered some, shit in my brain and uh so i'll play a little bit and talk about a little bit and see if i can make some kind of cohesive video out of this whole project because uh there's a lot to unpack in in this show for uh, july 4th at some point donald trump will be gone the rest of us will be gone too the country will remain what kind of country will it be then how do we want our grandchildren to live? Those are the only questions that matter. The answer to them used to be obvious. The overriding goal for America is more prosperity, meaning cheaper consumer goods. But is that still true? Does anyone still believe that cheaper iPhones or more Amazon deliveries of plastic garbage from China are going to make us happy? They haven't so far. A lot of Americans are drowning in stuff. And yet drug addiction and suicide are depopulating large parts of the country. Anyone who thinks the health of a nation can be summed up in GDP is an idiot. The goal for America is both simpler and more elusive than mere prosperity. It's happiness. 
There are a lot of ingredients in being happy. Dignity, purpose, self-control, independence, above all, deep relationships with other people. Those are the things that you want for your children. They're what our leaders should want for us and would want if they cared. But our leaders don't care. We are ruled by mercenaries who feel no long-term obligation to the people they rule. They're day traders, substitute teachers. They're just passing through. They have no skin in this game, and it shows. They can't solve our problems. They don't even bother to understand our problems. So it's clear that um, Tucker is right on this point. Our, our representatives don't even care about some of the policies they've brought to bear on we the people. <clears throat> and, and I don't know if it's just ineptitude or clumsy, stupid moves that, you know, have not been thought out. But to me, the bigger picture is our, our representation in America used to be the House of Representatives, the people that we elect in local districts to represent us and our district. And I've talked about this before, and, and I guess it's, it's time to continue talking about it. Um, we don't have representation anymore, and we lost that due to the 17th Amendment when we started electing senators instead of letting our representatives appoint them. We lost it with gerrymandering, and, and it used to be set up in a different way to where we would probably have 4,000 representatives in America based on population. And this is why censuses were important. We needed to know who was here and if they were legal voters. Well, the Democrat Party doesn't want that, and that's, that's fine, it's for another discussion. But we, we would have more representation for smaller groups of people. And that way, your representative would represent your community, your, your district, your values as a small community or a small district. Um, that all changed. And over time, people have tweaked the Constitution to, to fit their political needs. So what Tucker is saying is they, they don't care. They don't even try to care. So it's not that they're clumsy like a bull in a china shop. It's premeditated. And then they act as if they don't care or they're unable to care about our needs because they're always going for the bigger picture. The founding fathers went for the bigger picture. They were creating a nation for their posterity, not for some re-election campaign. Most of the, the founders didn't even want to be public servants. They, they wanted to go back home to their community. And, and you know, George Washington said, God, leave me alone already. So it's now become more of an election campaign than running the matters of state and and what we the people want. I've talked about this, and we all understand this, but we just don't grasp it that we are still in control. So, in the program, Tucker talks a lot about um, family values and economics and how it's been jerked around so poorly and mismanaged that you know. The Republicans, you know, care about the economy and free markets, which is great and awesome. Democrats care about social programs and not letting people starve and die on the streets, which is fine and dandy and awesome also. We as Americans kind of agree with both sides of this. 
but they take it to extremes to divide us into more groups that they can manage smaller groups and, and screw it all up. So here's the problem with our representation in today's world. And what kind of is what Tucker was talking about during the whole program was, you know, Ali, whatever her name is, Aman, Aman, Ali, the representative, you know, he, he refers to her in one of his shows after this one about how she was a, an immigrant given some of the best freedoms in the world and now she bashes America. And he was pointing out that it's like, you know, why would you why would you come from one of the most tyrannical places on earth to America as a child and now grow up to bash it? And he says, well, she's one of the most powerful women in the United States. No, she is a representative. She is no more powerful than your representative. She's just a representative. We're the powerful people, not them bucks. So now she's calling on a ban of Tucker Carlson. Well, you know, she's preaching to her choir, which are Democrats. They don't watch Tucker Carlson anyway, so it's stupid. I'm not going to boycott him, even though he pisses me off a lot when he tries to defend America by using the word democracy. But that aside, I'm not going to ban him because he's definitely given out good information. So all of a sudden, these representatives and these senators now think that they're all that and a bag of chips, and they are not. They're just your local neighbor, Bob, that got elected to represent your community. It's no more important than your mayor. But they, they all coagulate in Washington. They don't come home to their districts. She lives there, Omar, or whatever her name is, Ali. And I so don't give a fuck what her name is. But you know who she is, you know. Um, they live in Washington. They never come to their districts. They don't even know where their district is on a map. They just get elected. They find an area, they move there, and they get elected as a representative because they have backing. They have no ties to the community. They haven't put down roots in that community. They don't go to church in that community. They don't shop in that community. They don't even attend PTAs or go to high school football games in that community. They don't give a shit. So it's actually what Tucker's saying. They don't care. They don't even try to act like they care. And that's disheartening to me, even in my business, if I call a trucking company and go, where's my product? And they go, oh, it didn't get on the truck. You know, sorry, sucks to be you. It's like, no, it sucks to be you because this is an inanimate object. What, did it go out drinking last night and forget to get on the truck? It's not a bus. You screwed up and didn't put it on the truck. And, you know, it's like if you could act like you care about my problem. I know you're a big freight company and I'm dealing with a large, giant, you know, carpet mill. They don't care about me. But if they would go, oh, I'm really sorry. Let me look into that and call me back and go, oh, here's what happened. You know, it, it came in late on another truck and and we didn't, you know, get it on the truck. It'll be there tomorrow. Uh, okay, now I get it. So they don't even act like they care in Washington. And our representatives are... It is the biggest stupid oxymoron I've ever heard. Representatives, they don't represent anymore. The House of Representing, like in Idiocracy, I think this was the movie, or I think that was, was 
freaking great. You know, so this is what's happening to our country in America. And and it's it's not like it's, oh my God, I, I see that. I'll, I'll go fix it. This has been happening for 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years. They've just slowly tweaking the Constitution. And, and then they, they sell it to us because we're still the voters. You know, like this is a good thing. We're going to do the 17th Amendment because then you have a vote of who your senator is. And senators are important people. We need to vote for them. Yeah. Why haven't I done that in the past? Well, the white slave owners that founded this country, they didn't give a shit about you. No, actually, they thought it out quite well. Your representative, the guy or gal you elected, would appoint a senator and the senators, two senators for each state, one of them would you know, go to Washington and go, this is what we the people have decided in our state based on all the representatives from our state. They say, not only no, but hell no. And, and then the senators would do what senators do in Washington, write some laws, make sure the regulations are right, you know, do their fucking job instead of just passing a law and then turning it over to a bunch of aides to fill in the blanks. That's not what we elected them for. You know, and the representatives, they're so lazy that they won't get a grip on it. So the 17th Amendment was a godsend to them because it's like, oh my God, now I don't have to do shit. You know, I, I've been elected into this cushy job. I have power and authority now. But I let the senators handle that. I'm busy hanging out in Washington, hobnobbing and drinking with the Kennedy family. Oh, well, what about the Joneses back where you live? What, what about the high school football team? Oh, what? Don't, don't even talk to me about that shit. Those freaking rednecks in the flyover states, what do we care? I'm in Washington now. I've got a job. When I retire after a few terms, I'll make a hundred and some thousand a year and have the most premium Cadillac insurance in the world. Fuck them. And that's where we've gotten. And Tucker points it out perfectly in the show, and that's why I've shared it and stuff. You have to watch his July 4th show because he really drills down into some of these issues. And like I say, he's so articulate that it makes sense. Unfortunately, you know, they're filling an hour with really important words. And so it's like, all these ingredients are being added in, but you're not seeing the amount and what kind of spice it was that they added to this recipe. And, but you know it's there. And you're like, wow, that was really great. Yeah, it was smart that they put that in there. What was it? I can't remember. Because they just blew through it so quick. So that's why I wanted to kind of unpack this a little bit. So here's, here's a representative from a state. You know, she's elected by a bunch of, crazy people in that state, obviously. And, uh, you know, talking as if I, in Arizona, give a flying shit what she thinks about anything. Because the only people that are supposed to care about what she's thinking is the people she represents. She doesn't represent me. She doesn't represent you. And so for Tucker to point this out is, is really just and a good idea it's like you know here she is an immigrant from somalia or wherever and, and now lives in america and has you know prestige and power to represent you know 20 30 000 people which is what it's supposed to be 
you know, probably millions in her district now. And so, as it's always been said, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, I don't even think she's in it totally for the power. It's to destroy the fabric of America, to start pulling on the frayed ends until it comes apart in a certain area, and then it can't be repaired. And, and they're all doing this. They're all around the big tapestry of America, pulling on loose strands that they find and going, oh, we don't need this. We don't need that. Give me those vice grips. Pull this out. We don't need that. And pretty soon you look at it and it's a worn and tattered tapestry that was once beautiful and well-designed. But they don't want to do that. They want to destroy America. And if you're not paying attention, they will. Now, Tucker also points out some things on communities and, you know, the inner cities and stuff and how the dynamic has changed to where, you know, what used to happen in a rural America, you know, or I guess I should say what used to happen in the inner cities would never happen in rural uh, communities, but now it does. So you can see this long-term effect of the moving of our perspective, the Overton window, to where if you were, you know, old enough and had enough media and, and could look back, you know, which you can, you can just Google that shit if they haven't erased it and scrubbed it and look at some of the, the collapse of the inner cities and, and, and then, and then think of that happening in rural America and you'd go, that will never happen. And then if I showed you a picture of what's happening, like Tucker does in the show, of what really is now happening in rural America, but you were looking at that picture of the future 40 years ago, you'd go, oh my God, that's terrible. We would never allow that. Yet, over time, it's just slid over to where now that's what we see. And if we try to look back on the way it was, we might go, oh, you know, a couple years back and go, oh, it's always collapsing. But we never seem to take the time to look back 40 years and go, man, that's quite a difference to what, what we used to have. And even if you looked at the inner cities back then and looked back, you know, 40 years from there and went, oh, our cities will never be like that. We have families and communities and representatives. that They represent us. They would never allow that to happen to their local community. And if you showed somebody that picture of the inner cities 90 years ago, well, what do you think of this? they would have had a heart attack. They'd go, there is no way America will slide down that slippery slope that far. Trust me, believe you me, we will never allow that to happen. And yet, over incrementalism, there we are. 40 years ago, our inner cities looked like shitholes. And now, our rural areas look like shitholes. Values, morals have just vanished. So. These are some of the things that I wanted to kind of unpack in this this uh, show a little bit. I, I'm going to try to find a few of his clips where he talks about this, and then I'll I'll put them in there, and then I'll be back to comment some more on. See, I told you so. Not really. I'm not a dick. Yeah. I, I, no. Yeah. No, I'm a dick. Both sides in this miss the obvious point. Culture and, and economics are insepar inseparably intertwined. 
Certain economic systems allow families to thrive. Thriving families make market economies possible. You cannot separate the two. It used to be possible to deny this, but it's not anymore. The evidence is now overwhelming. How do we know? Consider the inner cities. 30 years ago, conservatives looked at Detroit and Newark and many other places, and they were horrified by what they saw. Conventional families had all but disappeared in poor neighborhoods. The majority of children were born out of wedlock. Single mothers were the rule. Crime and drugs and disorder became universal. What caused this nightmare? Well, liberals didn't even want to acknowledge the question. They were benefiting from the disaster in the form of reliable votes. Conservatives, though, had an explanation for inner-city dysfunction, and it made sense. Big government. Decades of badly designed social programs had driven fathers from the home and created what conservatives called a culture of poverty that trapped people in generational decline. Well, there was truth in this, but it wasn't the whole story. How do we know? Well, because virtually the same thing has happened decades later to an entirely different population. In many ways, rural America now looks a lot like Detroit. This is striking because rural Americans wouldn't seem to have very much in common with anyone from the inner city. The groups have different cultures, different traditions, different political beliefs. Usually they have different skin colors. Rural people are white conservatives, mostly. Yet the pathologies of modern rural America are familiar to anyone who visited downtown Baltimore in the 1980s. Stunning out of wedlock birth rates, high male unemployment, a terrifying drug epidemic. Two different worlds, similar outcomes. How did this happen? Well, you'd think our ruling class would be deeply interested in knowing the answer, but mostly they're not. They don't have to be interested. It's easier to import foreign labor to take the place of native-born Americans who are slipping behind. But Republicans now represent rural voters. They ought to be interested. And here's a big part of the answer. Male wages declined. Manufacturing, a male-dominated industry, all but disappeared over the course of a generation. All that remained in many places were the schools and the hospitals, and both of them are traditional employers of women. In many areas, women suddenly made more than men. Now, before you applaud that as a victory for feminism, consider some of the effects. Study after study has shown that when men make less than women, women generally don't want to marry them. Now, maybe they should want to marry them, but they don't. Over big populations, this causes a drop in marriage, a spike in out-of-woodlock births, and all the familiar disasters that inevitably follow. More drug and alcohol abuse, higher incarceration rates, fewer families formed in the next generation. This is not speculation. It's not propaganda from the evangelicals. It's social science. We know it's true. Rich people know it. Well, so there it is, you know, laid out articulately and everything. And, and what it tells me as a thinker is that the tweaking and the dicking with the social fabric by our representatives is causing these problems, the regulation and the, the policies from both sides of the aisle. And it, it's, it's destroying basically the tapestry, the fabric of our society. And, and this is all happening, what did he say, 30 years ago, the inner cities and stuff. So even before that, because it was 30 years ago, when they looked at the inner cities and were shocked, and, and here it is today, they're, they're looking at the rural areas and now they're shocked because it, it always amazes me that the people that we elect and basically hire to take care of this stuff always seem to act as if they're experts. And then when something runs amok 10, 20, 30 years later, they're, they're shocked. It's like, really? If you hired somebody and every time they did their job, they just fucked it all up and then they went, oh, I'm shocked. I didn't know that would happen. It's like, really? You didn't know that if you uh, 
drop that piece of glass on the corner, it would shatter? Well, no, I did. I never thought of that. You know, it's like you would fire them. You're like, you're an idiot. Get out of here. You're costing me money. With America, it doesn't cost us money in a sense because we, we all pay our taxes. We got our skin in the game. So we don't see that as a line item on a budget of which we're in the red. We just think, oh, well, you know, it's, it's no big deal. That, that dumbass broke a window. Uh-huh. But if it's your money, which it is, you might care. The politicians, it's not their money, and they don't care. And, and, and for some reason, they're so caught up in the social engineering of it all that they don't think to look beyond the next election cycle. They just think, oh, this would be good. It sounds really warm and fuzzy on first blush. This is awesome. And, and, and that's all they care about the next two, four, six years. They don't, they don't give a shit about 30 years from now because they'll be retired being a lobbyist, you know, in, in D.C. They, they don't care. We need to care, though, because it's affecting us. Just because your doctor doesn't care that you have, uh, you know, prediabetes doesn't mean you shouldn't care. And if your doctor's too inept and stupid and vapid to actually figure out what's causing this in your diet, you specifically, then you have to do it. And that's that's why we're we're looking at this stuff. You know, and and we look at it on Facebook and like that's disgusting. That's stupid. Why would they do that? What the hell? I don't get it. And then we go back to work because we're taxed to death. So we don't have the time to figure this shit out, but we do. If we could, you know, I watch maybe an hour of TV a day, and it's usually Tucker Carlson, maybe a little bit of a a program that I have recorded that I like watching, you know, alone, naked and afraid, things like that. But if I'm going to watch that, I probably don't watch the news. So if we could put down our remote, walk away from the TV, walk away from social media, walk away from our, our, our smartphones and our desktops and just step back from all this social vacuum that's pulling us in, we would have time. We have the same amount of time any other human that's lived in America or on Earth to fix the problems that exist. And and we might not all be smart enough to figure out what the problem is, but you have to look at America as, as a compact. We, we, we set up the federal government. If it's not working right, then we need to hit the pause button and go back and maybe reprogram it because it's not that complicated. They, the representatives, the senators, even our presidents, allow it and almost design it to be more and more and more complicated. And then the economists go, well, you don't understand. See, I went to Harvard. Oh, wow. I'm so impressed. You know, but we've all worked on a job site, I hope, you know, at least a little bit, to where, you know, in the military, you, you get your, your you know, second lieutenant that just dropped in out of West Point, and he thinks he knows everything because he went to school, but he's never had boots on his boots on the ground. He's never been shot at in combat. 
He's never faced the rules of engagement that might get him or his men killed. You know, you have the, the, the kid that comes to help parents run their family business that just got out of business school and he's got all these grandiose ideas, but they don't work. They may work, but they're unproven in that industry. So the Constitution was very, very, I mean, it, it, it's stupid simple. A caveman can figure it out. You know, yes, was it written by scholars and, and people that thought more about history? Sure, but that's that was that was their social network back then. You know, they read books and stuff. But when you really analyze the Constitution, it, it's it's a very simple, compact or construct that runs a federal government. It, it's like we're granting you power in these ten, fifteen things. That's it. And with that authority, you can't do these things over here. You can't take our free speech. You can't, you know take our guns, you can't put people in our homes to quarter soldiers, you can't take away my my rights to uh, habeas corpus and due process, you cannot do these things. So look at it simply like you're, you're having someone do work in your home and, and they come and give you a bid, they're gonna, I'm gonna do this, 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 this. Okay, you look at the contract, it's like, okay, you're gonna buy um, this kind of metal for my new metal roof. Yes. What color is it? It's going to be blue. Whatever. And you're going to you're going to screw it down to this pattern. Yes. And are you going to replace the? You're going to take off the old shingles and replace the plywood or any of that stuff? Yes. Here's a here's a detail of what we're going to do. Okay. So you look at it and you go, this is exactly what I want. The price is relevant only to the point to where if it's in the ballpark and, and the guy's got a good reputation or the company, then you're like, okay, you cannot come into my yard at five in the morning and start working. Oh, okay. When can we start? You can start at seven, but my neighbors will freak out if it's earlier now. Okay. You must come to the door first so I can put my dogs in the house and make sure they're okay and they got water and food because I'm going to work. Oh, okay. You cannot, you know, be smoking or can be smoking. You can't be drinking. You can't do these things. Oh, okay. I get that. All right. You sign the contract. It's a done deal. Now, the minute they start doing things that you told them you cannot do, then you must step in and go, hey, this was not part of the contract that you signed. Well, you know, my, my yeah, this is my stupid drunk uncle. He's always drinking a beer before he starts the day. No big deal. It's like, well, it is a big deal. Have your drunk uncle Bob go do another job. He cannot be here. Oh, okay. Otherwise, I'm not going to pay you. I'm going to ask you to leave my house and I'll pay you for the materials and any labor you've done up to this point if I inspect it and it's fine. And I'll get, I'll get someone else that can follow contract. Okay, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Why is he so sorry? Oh, because that's his job. See, he signed a legal binding contract with you. You could sue him for non, uh, what do they call that in, in construction, um, not, not finishing their job. You could actually sue them for the difference of what you had to pay the other guy to do the job. Now, we don't do that with politicians because they're kind of kept 
away from liability from that because we elected them to do what we told them to do. So it's a little different, but not much. But the contract with America, the Constitution, is not different. It is straight up contract law. You do these things and you cannot do these. And if you do, we can literally remove you from office. We can't fire you and we can't sue you, but we can get you the hell out of there because every two years we have an election and you, dickhead, are gone. You can hold them accountable and hold their feet to the fire to a certain level. We choose to not do that. So when you look at the contract with America, it's very simple. There's, there's governing rules and there's things they cannot do. And then they've written all this stuff underneath it. See, they've made it complicated. It's like, look at all this stuff. Nobody understands a word of it. That's awesome. But see, we can, we can still go back and go, this is unconstitutional. It's repugnant, and it's now void. You can no longer do it. Well, we haven't decided that in the courts. It doesn't matter. We just told you that you're in violation of your oath of office. You cannot do it. Well, it needs to go to court. It's like, oh, okay, you want this to go to court, the Supreme Court? Okay, we'll do that. But now you've opened it up to another level to where if we prove that you were being treasonous, you might go to prison. Oh, well, you know, um, fucking didn't think of that. See, so if they want to escalate it, then so can you. Now, that's all very abstract and complicated and takes people and all that. And that's where the, the rub is, see. It's, it's like they, they got it mired down with the court system, the lawyers, the judges, the media, to where you can't even get enough people to go, that guy is violating his oath of office. They can't do that. Well, you know. The courts kind of said he could. Well, no, they didn't say that. Well, that's kind of how I read it. And, and so you can't get people on the same page. You can't even get them to find the same book anymore. So when I say that we've reached a point of no return 80, 90 years ago, we, we literally have. We can't turn back and we can't go forward. Either way, it falls apart. It's become a waiting game. Just to see how long it'll last and see who can end up king of the hill and suck in as much money and wealth and power as they can get or you can get. And maybe you can live a happy life until it all collapses. And then maybe we can rebuild it. But see, that doesn't happen in history. It never has happened in history. Rome was the last kind of republic that existed that was huge and had a lot of power like America and stuff. And when it collapsed, it was 1776 before it repeated. So it, it doesn't just reset real quick. You have to call all the idiots through natural selection and all that, through revolution, wars, chaos, anarchy, bondage, slavery, murder, death, without rule of law, all that implodes on itself. And out of that chaos will then come organization once again in order. So it's already past that point to where it could have been fixed. Ron Paul tried to fix it. He was the most conservative representative in 80-year history, considered by both parties. And, and 
they just marginalized him, showed him the door, handed him his hat and said, bye. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. And they did it in a way to where most Americans would go, well, you know, that crazy guy. What the fuck? He was nuts. Nasally little voice. But if they hadn't had the media and, and all that behind them, most Americans would wait a minute. He, he didn't do nothing wrong. In fact, he's honoring his oath. He's actually fighting for me. That's awesome. I wish my representative wasn't a douchebag, you know, from Somalia that hates America, which is, you know, when you, when you want to look at the collapse and see if we've passed that point of no return, just look at our house of representatives because they are the, the, the power. It starts with us. We give it to our representatives and then they go push it forward. You have how many representatives that hate America? They've not only said it, but they voted for we fucking hate America. You know, you have Ali and AOC and Bernie Sanders, and you have politicians that are supposed to love and take a bullet for the Constitution, saying, This is bullshit. We are racist. We are haters. We are imperialists. We're all these horrible things. And because they're saying it, and the media is amplifying it, we sit back and go, well, we really are a bunch of fuck-ups, man. What are we going to do about it? Nothing. You can't do shit about it. So you can sit back and wait and go, well, that'd be great if we could do something about it. You can't. It's past that point of no return. It's, it's already tipped past the tipping point. It has crossed the Rubicon. It is over. You can tweak it and maybe make your life a little more comfortable. You can be a prepper and be prepared for whatever may happen. But the markets, as good as they say they are, are not doing well. Our economy, as happy as everyone is about it, it's not doing well. They're talking about you know, raising rates, and which any economist, you go to prepperguy.com and watch any of the economic uh, videos on there under economy uh, by uh, Greg Manorino. You know, he's he's smart. He's a prepper. <laughs> he's probably one of the most New York preppers I've ever seen. We'll tell you, these things cannot stand. They will They will fall apart. It's just math and economics. We're sliding faster and faster downhill. You, you look at our leaders. They've lost faith in America. They hate us. You look at our school system and the education that we entrusted our children with has become it's just, it's just a shit show. You know, take any, any, anything involved in your life and look at it. You know, getting a job. You used to be able to walk into a, a business and go, hey, I don't know shit about your business. I'm willing to work for just, I only need this much to, you know, pay my bills every day and show up. Well, I can't hire you because uh, minimum wage is 15 bucks an hour. Uh, we're a union shop. You have to have all these credentials. See, you can't even be an apprentice anymore. You just fucking can't. 
I know Trump had a show called The Apprentice. That's big business. And these people were Joe Dumbass off the road going, man, I'd, I'd like a shot at The Apprentice. It's like, no, you haven't gone to Harvard. You don't know shit about business, marketing, advertising. We call it The Apprentice. An apprentice to being like me, Donald Trump. Not just a, an apprentice at a copy shop. And so you, you can't even get a job at McDonald's without McDonald's having to pay you and go through HR and all these qualifications be met. So then they go, well, why is there homelessness in America? It's like, well, because they can't get a job because of the, the red tape, the regulations. I can't hire people unless they have certain criteria. Sorry, bud. And, and, and if I'm going to spend 15 an hour, I'm not hiring your dumbass that doesn't even know what a French fry is. I'll hire this other person. Sorry. They got a high school diploma. So then that becomes a mandatory requirement to get a job. Well, now they can turn around and go, well, 15 bucks an hour is just not a, a wage that people can live on. Well, no, not now because your, your inflation is so off the charts ridiculous. So, no. So any aspect of life that we look at has these douchebags finger on it. And when you, when you factor in the contract that was once called the Constitution, it, it's been shredded. I mean, years ago, there's just a, a, a photocopy hanging somewhere that goes, oh, we've got a Constitution. Ah, so does Mexico. Doesn't help them a bit, does it? So they don't care. You know, Trump is trying. You know, he understands his audience, his niche. America, the flyover states, helping people. But he's fighting an uphill battle. And, you know, even a lot of Republicans I've talked to go, well, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know if he knows what he's doing. <sighs> oh, okay. Well, then why don't we just throw in the towel? You know, we you know, had a chance to maybe at least win this round. But, ah, let's just throw in the towel. So there's nobody out there anymore that cares about you. And, and it used to be to where you could at least get rid of your representative every two years. And maybe have enough people in a state, because we're sovereign, we're states, we're like little countries, just like Europe and France, and Germany, and Hungary. You know, each one of them is a country. Smaller than the state I live in, but they're a country. We are a country. Every state is a country. Instead of everyone in that state going, let's get some better representatives so now we can pick and, and recall senators. Oh, okay. Then we might have had a chance. But see, that's passed since the 17th Amendment. It's gone. Forget that shit. You're not going to unscramble this egg. So you can, you can watch. This is why I do these shows and people go, Mark, you're yammering on about fucking whatever. Um, you first have to, to decide you have a problem. What's America's problem? It's over. The Constitution no longer functions. It could, but you're not going to get enough kittens herded in the right direction to fix it. So that's a non-issue. It's a non-starter. You're not going to change the media to all of a sudden go, oh, they're right. Because they're big business and they're owned by corporations that are beholden to their shareholders, which are international nowadays. They don't, 
give a shit about Podump USA. They live in, you know, Germany. They're millionaires in Europe, England, wherever. They're just shareholders. They don't care. So the media is not going to help when you're trying to call all the kittens to go that way. You can talk to as many neighbors as you want, but that's that's not going to matter because we don't have representation. So that's not going to change shit. It really is, you know, past the point of no return. And I hate to hate to be, you know, a dick and just say, you know what, it, it's lost and over. But eventually you have to call the game. You have to just go, it's, it's over. Now, if we could do that and revert back to being a state, that's sovereign and maybe go, okay, we don't have federal government anymore because it's fuck that. You know, instead of going to McDonald's every day, maybe I'm going to go to Burger King. We could do that. We can make that choice. We can sit there and go, we're not going to send our representatives to Washington anymore. It's too dangerous. Um, they're not listening. We don't have to do that. See, they have to do what we told them to, but we don't have to send anyone there. Then maybe your state might have a hope in hell of regaining some sanity. But when you look at all the politicians in D.C. that hate America, they come from your state too. So the vision has been lost. The Overton window has now been closed. They don't even care what you're looking at anymore. They'll just tell you what you're looking at and just shut the hell up. And don't forget to get skin in the game and pay your taxes. By golly, most unconstitutional thing ever created, income tax. So. How, how can I wind this up in a positive way? I can't. And, and, and yeah, you can chalk it up to Mark's crazy. That's fine. Or you can sit there and go, well, you know, if, if it's going to rain, I'm not a weatherman, but I can tell by the clouds and the storm and the lightning and thunder. I can't change that. What can I do to not be outside and get wet? Oh, I can come inside. See, as a as a prepared person, there's still things you can do in America, like have food storage and you know have some cash aside or some gold and silver or some kind of asset that's exchangeable if the economy collapses. Bullets, I don't care. People are going to trade skills, whatever you got. You can start learning to go. Okay, when this happens, over there and implodes everywhere i have this 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 and and then then it is really up to chance i mean you know some crazy person could just run you over because they're crazy and they're having a bad day and you're walking across the street and you're dead but all things being equal when it collapses and you're still alive can you make your your life comfortable you don't need power you don't need cell phones you don't need comms you don't need faraday cages you don't need all that shit Will your family be with you? Have you got a plan to get them back, no matter where they are, when you see the writing on the wall? And, and will they listen to you? Have you built enough respect with them by not crying wolf every time there's a, a shake in the economy? To where they go, uh, no, dad put out the call, mom put out the call, we need to get home. Don't know why, come home. Then you can have your family together have the means to take care of them, to defend them. And then going forward, it, it's kind of like the end of a book. You don't know what the author's going to write for the next chapter or the next series in that book. But at least it ends on a happy note 
to where you can take care of yourself or those you care about. Because, see, Tucker laid it all out. They don't care. And unless you're a fool, you can see it. They have made it clear. They have shown us that these inner cities and now the rural area and with the drugs and the abortions and just the lack of concern for the American value system, it's over. And he laid it out in that short, sweet little thing. And he tried to do it in a way to where there was a glimmer of hope, but there isn't. I'm sorry. You know, eventually your lawyer has to tell you, or your accountant, you're bankrupt. What can I do about it? Nothing. You, you can't kite checks anymore. You can't. You're out of business, dude. Go home. So like, God, that sucks. Yes, it does, but it's over. Eventually, the last inning, the last play is played, and it's over. You go, man, that was a great game. It's over. Ah, maybe next time. Yeah, that was a great show. Wish it hadn't ended. Yeah, but it did. It's over. We have wound down the clock to the end. Now all that's left is, I don't know, the crying. Shouldn't be crying. You know, if, if things implode properly, we might have a chance to control the implosion to where we can retain our state as a sovereign, free state then we don't really care about the federal government. I don't even care what the hell's happening in California or New Mexico. I don't care. Whew, save that. Awesome. If that fails, then maybe your community. But if everybody goes bunker crazy and runs off and abandons their community to go start another one somewhere, join their team, then, then your county, your, your, your community will fall, fall apart. All the good people left. So then it's just going to continue to, to implode. That's why they call it an implosion. Until all that's left is you and your little microcosm of a country called family. And, and instead of being sucked into the black hole of the implosion, you might be at least blown back out in one piece. Because we don't know what will happen. But if you look at history, there's always been some asshole that's willing to fill that void with their form of, here's what we should do next. And it will be a federal bureaucracy because they have the means to, to print different money. They'll go, oh, we don't use that. But you know what? We got all these soldiers in the place that are licking our boots. So here's a new paper dollar. We're going to fix it. We're going to go back on a gold standard. Yeah. I mean, it'll it'll be a piece of paper that says we're on the gold standard. It's just another fucking IOU. But here, this you can exchange. And, and we've made it mandatory for stores to accept that. And the stores can give it to the truckers and the truckers can give it to the farmers and the farmers can give it to their electric company and say, now we're back to square one. No, we've just put a bunch of banana pills in the transmission, which is an old trick to keep it sounding better until you sold it to some sucker. It could go that way. It could totally collapse into civil war and anarchy to where even the people that thought they were in power end up dead. The soldiers that are, you know, they think going to protect them might turn on them and go, no, this, this is my neighbor. I'm going back home to my state. F you. 
I'm going to fight for what matters to me, my, my family and my community and all my friends. Might happen. Don't know. That's an outcome that could happen. But, you know, to plan for nuclear war or biochemical attack or EMP and all that, that's just a thing. That's a trigger. You can't plan for that because you don't know which trigger will be pulled. It's the collapse that you must plan for as a prepper. What will happen on the worst day in American history? Plan for that. And really, if, if you're like me anyway, the only thing we're trying to save is my sanity, my values, my virtues and, and integrity, and those of my family. Everyone else can just go buck and pound sand. So that's what I prep for. And, and hopefully, I'm right. But you know what? There's a million outcomes. They say people plan for the millions of things we cannot plan for. That's what you plan for. So I'm going to get off my rant. I got uh, shit to do outside. It's my day off. You can see, I, you know, if you're watching the video, I've changed uh, studios. I went from my office to my home um, to finish this podcast. Um, I, I, I would like to wrap it up into something really cute and warm and fuzzy to where, you know, when it's over, you're like, yeah, that was great. But it's not going to end that way in real life. So this podcast can't end on a happy note because I, I really can't see a happy note. If you think of something that might work better or an outcome that is less dour and rotten, email me, mark at prepperguy.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and click the bell notification. Send me a comment on YouTube. I get those. You know, those seem to go through pretty good. Um, and I answer them and I read them. Um, so, you know, let me know. Um, if 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 I depressed you so much that you actually spend some time thinking about it and you go, aha, we could do this. Let me know. Maybe that aha moment might reverse my oh shit moment and we can fix this. So let me know. I hope you guys all have a great time between now and the next time we get together. Have a great day. Enjoy the apocalypse.